This is the Robbie G Podcast, episode number 10. This episode features Taylor McNally. We met many years back while I was out on tour. She interviewed me um, when I was out performing in Calgary, and now I get the pleasure of having her on the podcast here today. So hope you enjoy the episode. Keep tuning in. Much respects. Yo, this is the Maestro Fresh West. We're chilling with Robbie G. And you already know I'm rocking out with my juice. Yo, what up? It's the Kid Mercules. Hey, yo, this is the one and only R.A. the Rugged Man. This your man's O.B. Trice. Yo, this is Double Faction you're listening to. And you're listening to Robbie G. Robbie G. Robbie G. You already know what it is, man. Such wild times. Here we are on the Zooms. Right? Yeah, this is uh, new. the new interview is through the screen. <laughs> Right, which I'm kind of okay with because you can still wear your pajamas and shit. Yeah, and you don't have to drive far, you don't have to wake up a certain time, you can kind of make it whenever you want. Yes, yeah, yeah. not too bad. So, yeah, how's uh, how's things? How are you? Things are good, things are you know, it's half and half, things are like real shit, and then things are really great at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah, it's been a wild year, I think that's the same for everybody right now. Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that for sure. It's been, uh, it's been pretty, uh, pretty crazy just to try and try to just adapt to this new world that we're living in, right? And just kind of still be able to do what we do and what we love to do, um, within the confines and the limitations that we're given, right? Yeah, I think, uh, I think there's been a lot of. Um, amazing things that have come from the pandemic, though, in the sense that it has allowed people to do what they love. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's that that separation between, like, like, fame, all these famous people, and all these incredible folks that have never been noticed before. And now everyone's mm-hmm. going online. And I've seen and found so many incredible artists musicians businesses just from you know being able to focus on those instead of you know all the fame of it if that 100%. makes sense no i yeah. totally totally feel you on that and uh just the way that the the algorithms are set up on certain social media devices like tiktok and stuff like that that kind of favor to creators that just create great content you know what i mean if there's a 16 year old kid that wants to spend 30 hours making a 15 second tiktok video that like looks super cool they're gonna blow up because they're willing to put that work in and come up with cool creative ideas and just put themselves out there Um, and there's no there's no wall they don't have to get on a television show to be noticed they don't have to you know the 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 way to get famous now or that that um the barrier is is much different and yeah. creators can just create freely and and do what they want to do and yeah i 100 percent agree with that this year has helped a lot of people really center in on the things that they love doing and 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 find a way to make a living off of it too i mean a lot of people were so stuck in the nine to five modality and working for somebody else and uh, a friend of mine um, made a post today about how you know she was so used to just working all the time being away from family for so much and now she's found a way through this pandemic to you know make her money work for her and find different business opportunities and spend more time with family at this you know all, all in time. one so she's she's kind of getting getting the best of 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 everything um out of it so yeah it has definitely affected a lot of people in a negative way and we can't um you know 
cannot discredit that. Yeah. I can't discredit what, you know, that part of it, but for, for a lot of us and a lot of people, it's, it's helped for sure. I know you've, you've been, you've been doing everything this year. You, 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 you wear, you wear a lot of hats and I, I commend yeah. you for everything that you get into. Cause it seems that everything that you do get involved in, you put your, your all into it, you put your whole heart into it. So, um, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see and you go all out. I mean, from, you know, watching you, you first meeting you and, and doing your, your interviews, um, mm. in, in Calgary there, I think when we first connected to then doing the you're doing the the bath buffet uh, uh, show which was which was awesome too helping a lot of local businesses doing the interviews in the bathtubs and and stuff that was a a very interesting and cool cool uh uh dynamic and and very cool show idea and stuff and then doing the the lot the everyday lives so i was following following all of those yeah yeah i dropped the ball on that (laughs) yeah yeah which was great though it was awesome to see like you've you've definitely developed like a huge, I think, amount of respect and following from people hearing your voice now. And, and Mm -hmm. just over this year, I think from the beginning to now, how many more people are are engaging in what, what you're doing and just seeing and believing, you know what I mean? In, In the messages that you, that you talk about and stuff. And then one of the big things, obviously you got involved in this year was, um, the the whole movement that happened around you know civil rights and and getting a voice for for black people and for for people that have been marginalized and people that have been you know systematically oppressed for years and 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 now it's kind of coming to to the light a little bit more and you're creating that uh or created or co-founded that that organization the um rural alberta against racism yeah we uh, we've rebranded it to inclusive canada now i hated that okay (laughs) okay that's good that's good i like that inclusive canada um and yeah i mean doing doing a lot of uh social activists you know and and getting out there to to talk for for people's rights and for just standing up for what seems to be just normal common sense things that, that people still in 2020 don't understand or don't get like it's ridiculous seeing some of the posts that you that you've shared and and just some of the the, the kind of altercations that you you've gotten forced to to be in through through being a voice and speaking out and speaking up it's uh it's amazing to see how thick-headed and um just <laughs> Yeah, still in it seems like still have a long way to go with a lot of yeah. people in in some respect. Other people, you're like, okay, you get it you, to an, to an extent. You kind of understand and just yeah. understand basic human rights and how we should be treated like, you know, treated like humans, humans. To, you know, yeah. and treated fairly and and not not to, not treated based differently based on you know the co- color of our skin or our ethnic origins or or anything like that like just on who we are as as human beings and um yeah it's it's a uh, it's it's been crazy to see all all of the stuff I'm, i mean i just see it from an outside looking in i'm sure being in the thick of it you're just like oh my god <laughs> some of the days you you, oh you, goodness, you go to yeah. bed just going like is this really like this is the human race we're dealing with right now we're not we're not we're not dealing with like okay all right yeah. <laughs> yeah that's like my every day that i always like is this what we're doing right now okay that's that's what we're doing right now all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is it this is it so yeah i mean i covered a lot of things there let's let's start from the tip top i mean um the, the uh the 
the bath uh, buffet thing. Are you are you doing that? Is that coming back at all, or are oh. you still have plans for it? Or are you just? I know things have been like thrown on you like a wave, and it's just like yeah. I feel like you've just been like I want to do this and this and this and this and this, but it's like I can only I, I have this much time, and I have to do this and this and this, and I've got yeah. family to take care of and and loved ones, and and take care of yourself too. At the yeah. end of the day, um, give time for yourself. So what's uh, what's the plans with all that? Well, yeah, obviously, yeah, this year, uh, been mainly focusing on uh, the organization Inclusive Canada. Mm -hmm. And um, we now have also like an umbrella org called Alberta Humanitarian Initiative. And it's made up of nine grassroots organizations from across Alberta. So those two things have been my main focus for the last like seven months. So a lot of the other stuff I was doing, I have TaylorMade Studios, which is the branding and marketing company, mm -hmm. um, TaylorMade Radio Entertainment Network, which showcases musicians and artists and uh, all kinds of different uh, comedy um, all kinds of different things within that um, and then bubble bath buffet that's all completely gone on the back burner we were supposed to film uh, season two of bubble bath buffet in I don't even remember the month it was the it was like two days before they um, locked down like we did our first lockdown um, and so where we were filming uh, the man was um, he would get sick very easily if, you know, if he, if COVID did get to him. So mm -hmm. we kind of just put that on the back burner. I kept pushing it back and back and then it just, there's no time for anything else. So that's kind of just been sitting there, but I am still working on plans to get that filmed um, as soon as possible. I try to, um, I try to organize it to be filmed and produced in December. Of course that did not happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just going to see what happens. I have some plans to help with promotion. The, the season two promotion of Bubble Bath Buffet, I've never worked so hard to promote something in my life. Like I did everything so perfectly and then it was just like shot right down. So that kind of hurt. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, the following still there. I still have all my sponsors. Um, we have nearly 40 local businesses involved with that. And uh, I mean, all of them, but one are still um there and on board so which is amazing nice. and um yeah i that will be a thing still i just don't know when i did buy um two clawfoot tubs uh and have them in my backyard so we'll just film in my backyard so at least when okay. we can film i can be in one tub somebody can be in another tub so it can still be socially distant and yeah. uh and then they're in my backyard so we can just film whenever, whenever. so yeah. Just trying to make things a little bit easier to make it work. And uh, yeah, it will happen one day soon. I'm hoping, well, it's still winter. So then, you know, everyone's on lockdown anyway. Everyone's mm -hmm. trying to stay in because it's cold outside. You have no choice but to watch Bubble Bath Buffet. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see when that happens. I'm trying. I'm working on it. And and it's kind of creative, you know. You're in the in the winter there. It's snow around you, and you're in a nice yeah. warm bathtub in the backyard, yeah. just hanging out. And yeah, have yeah. like a fire nearby. I don't know if I'm gonna heat them with a fire. I haven't decided how I'm gonna heat them yet. That's a whole other thing too, because I have to build a whole set in my backyard as well. So there's a lot of pieces involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. People people don't understand the time and dedication and stuff that it takes to just get like a a short clip of a video that looks nice and professional, like the the episodes that you were putting out. It was it was quality content, and you don't want to you don't want to 
you know do anything less than that i'm sure you you've yeah. got a you've got a bar that that you want to that you that's set here and you're just like it's got to be there you're not going to do yes. it so but yeah. that's that's beautiful that you can have uh, the uh, the control to have it in your own backyard and be able to do it whenever you want. I think that's one of the key things for this whole COVID situation that happened. I mean, for myself too, is just creating those spaces in that that situation where you can do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. Like there's no yes. restrictions and and like it's good. I love collaboration. I love working with other people. I love being able to be in spaces with other creative minds so that you can feed off their energy and, and ideas just pop up. They think one thing, then you feed off that and it, it continues to spiral. But I mean, sometimes when you are collaborating, like you have to go other places, you got to go travel to this place or travel to that studio, travel to this town to meet with this person and do that. Like now a lot of, a lot of even collaborations are happening just like this through, you know, zoom calls and, and, uh, and, and stuff and still being able to, to somewhat connect, but, uh, but being able to do it in your own home and have that ability to just get up and say, Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm going to do this today. Like go. Yeah. For it. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Because uh, the first season we filmed all seven episodes in one day. So it was like that's 10 impressive. to like 7 p.m. Wow. Um, and then the second season we were going to film over two days because we have 12 episodes this time. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, now it's literally that we can wake up in the morning and be like, who's available to come shoot their episode today? And then just do the oh. thing and <laughs> do it sure. that way. So. I'm hoping it still goes well. Um, I still, I need to find a new videographer now. That's a huge thing too. Um, Cause like you said, that bar, there's a bar that needs to be met. The first season was very much, it was the pilot season and mm -hmm. I put it together within like two weeks or something. And it turned out really well, but the quality was just not, top notch and so yeah I had like a huge vision for season two I was sending emails to like Kevin Hart and people like y'all gotta get on board with this because I <laughs> looked into it and it's like nobody else in the whole world is doing anything like what the concept of bubble bath buffet is so totally. it's something unique there's something there we did get a lot of followers right away um and people are still asking for it so it's definitely who knew that would be what did it for me <laughs> new <laughs> right right creative yeah. ideas though and then just following through on it right like what yeah. was what was kind of the inspiration behind it what was the first thought that came into your head that you're like you know what nobody's doing that that would be kind of fun i like bubble bats i like just hanging out and chatting with people like i interview people is let's do yeah. this like, why not? well it wasn't even my idea at first it was uh, a friend of mine chris labelle who had mentioned it to me but the idea came uh he's like you know he's like okay picture this you're going to be in a tub and the tub's going to be filled with food and you're going to be in the tub with the food i was like eh. you know mm -hmm. i don't know if i like that and then we just talked yeah. and was like, okay i'll be in the tub but we're going to eat food from local restaurants we'll have a guest all that and that's just kind of where it stemmed into and i think even after that conversation it was like uh, a few months before i actually acted on it yeah. um i'm so glad i did it worked out really well <laughs> isn't that the beautiful thing about ideas though like how they just come just random you know and then and then somebody says something to you and you're like okay there's something there there's something there yeah. refine it a little bit maybe with this maybe with that instead 
but there's something there and the, even a business model behind it too and be like, okay, we could get some companies involved in this. Okay, okay. And then sit on it, let that that idea kind of bubble a little bit and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Oh, I see what you boom. did there. <laughs> you saw that? You got that? <clears throat> and then bam, there you are. You got you got it. And like, I, I, I just love that. I love the the creation process and just coming up with new ideas and then executing them and seeing people following through on their passions and 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 doing stuff that they enjoy doing like you could tell you were having so much fun with that oh yeah yeah i love food and i do love bubble baths and uh bath bombs i found so many incredible local businesses doing that Mm -hmm. even restaurants you know there's a lot of restaurants i'm very active with community here and work with a lot of local businesses and restaurants and there's some that i found i'd never even heard of so it was really neat um and just even the creativity with people making these bath products and some of the bath bombs is just incredible so yeah so and the whole bath world like if you go on instagram that is a whole industry within itself there are people with thousands of followers just from testing bath bombs and it's like okay all right there's something here (laughs) yeah bath bath bombs is huge i know like that's girls love it right i got got a couple bath bombs for 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 my girl for for christmas she loves them and um you know, we got bath salts now, uh, CBD bath salts Ooh, yeah. um, that we use um, from this company, Herbal Bliss. And they're just, you know, they're one of the greatest things to have. Like you just have a bath, toss it in, you're just chill out, relax. And like, yeah, I mean, who doesn't enjoy a good bath? Yes. And the CBD bath bombs actually help, you know, with pain and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so not only are you getting a good soak, but like you're helping your body too. So it's a win-win. Getting healed, getting healed. That's right. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm. I. I was uh, thoroughly enjoying the the episode. So I, I look forward to seeing some more of the backyard bubble bath sessions that that are that are coming towards uh in in the future um so that was one of the things that that you've been working on this year um doing the the lives was another one doing lives at going live every single day you did it for how many how many days consecutively did you well well, i was supposed to do 365 days and then i think i did i don't know if i did quite a few yeah it was almost like a hundred like at least like you were going and it was building almost, too. Yes, it was. And then, you know, I think something, the reason I wanted to do it too was to just connect with people. And I wish I would have stuck through with it because it started before the whole COVID thing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then given everything that has happened this year, it would have been really neat to look back and just see each day progress. I wish I stayed on top of it. Um, and, you know, the whole reason behind it was to connect with people and to, kind of just push yourself to do something every day, even if you're not feeling like it, you know, there's a lot of days, yeah. you know, I have a lot of stuff going on in my life all of the time. And sometimes I just don't want to see people. Sometimes I don't want to put makeup on. Sometimes I don't want to, you know, and it just you. forced me to get outside those comfort zones and do the thing anyway, which was good. Um, so the fact that I stopped doing it is, you know, and going against, you know, my word or, against why I was trying to do it in the first place is kind of shitty, but I would like to do it again. Maybe I'll start it in 2021. Yeah. It's it's one of those ideas. It's still sitting there, you know, and yeah, Yeah. it was good. 
people yeah people who were on it were loving it they were they were looking forward to seeing you every day and yeah i mean i'm i'm seeing the power of lives just doing them i've been doing the uh weekly live performances through this whole lockdown every thursday um on my channel and or on my my facebook page and just like seeing people having that excitement like every week it's something they look forward to you know what i mean They're like oh like yeah. i get to hang out with with him and like that you could see that happening with you doing your lives like people were like looking forward to hanging out with you every day and like talking yeah. and chatting and catching up and stuff like that so having yeah. like the power of of these these lives and just being able to connect one-on-one -on -one with with anybody at any time and just pop on through your phone. I think it's, I think it's incredible. So yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah. If you, if you can do, do some more <laughs> of those, do, yeah. do some more of those, but I feel you a hundred percent on that. And just like every day we, we have to, we have to do things that we don't want to do a lot of times, you know what I mean? And the more times that we put ourselves in those positions of uncomfortability and where we're just like, oh, like, do I really have to do this? Yep, you got to do it, you know, especially yeah. like, just, like, yeah, it's just trying to get through life is like, it's a journey. And if you don't, and it's and and there's gonna be times where it's hard. It's it's gonna be super hard, and you're gonna be in places where you, where you're uncomfortable, and where you're gonna be like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna face this, or I don't wanna do this. And and when you turn away, and when you shy away from those opportunities, which a lot of those things can turn into massive yeah. opportunities, things that can change your life, people that you end up meeting that become lifelong friends or life partners anything like that like situations we can just literally walk away from them for fear of just being like ah oh, like i'm not i'm, I'm just not I'm feeling tired. it you know i'm yeah. tired not not yeah. not really feeling up to it you know i'm just like and and i've felt that so much so much i mean especially early in the morning i find early in you're the morning frozen. oh there you are oh we're good you i can hear you but you're frozen but if you're not frozen on your side then we're fine <laughs> Yeah, no, we're good. I think, but yeah, just, just mess. There we go. Okay. We're good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a trip. It's a trip. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do do lives um, now through Alberta Humanitarian Initiative. We do uh, every Monday at seven p.m. We have like a virtual roundtable discussion, and every week is a different topic. So. Um, you know, last, last night we talked about defund the police and the, the time before or last week, it was uh, about hate groups and accelerationism and the U S uh, the U S influence on Alberta. And the one before that was like intersectionality between, um, or no, we are doing intersectionality next week. It's just every week is a different topic and there can be anywhere from four to about eight of us. And, um, yeah, it's very much that moment where you can log in and it's just completely authentic, not scripted, just all of us just there shooting the shit, sharing our experiences, sharing our ideas and calls to action. So that's one vibe that is going on. And we just did our eighth episode, I guess. So um, nice. That's, that's been nice. Yeah. <laughs> so that pe people can find that on the on the page. Yeah, Alberta Humanitarian Initiative Facebook page. Nice. Um, we will eventually have it available for Zoom webinar, but like shit, that shit's expensive. Webinar, signing up for that is so expensive. So for now, 
it's just on Facebook. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. What what is how much does it cost to do webinars? Well, it costs from like so I think it's from one month for a hundred people. It's like eighty dollars, and then one month for eight. So you either can have it for a hundred people or five hundred people. So it jumps from eighty dollars, and then to five hundred people, it's like two hundred dollars or something. And then that's just for a month. So and all of us like we're not a registered uh, organization yet. We work solely mm-hmm. on you know, our own funds and community fundraising and donations. So it's like $200 can be a lot of money. Right. <laughs> so Facebook live, that's where we are. It's the best, <laughs> best way to do it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's crazy how much, how much zoom does, does actually cost and their, their stock's gone up like crazy oh, yeah. through this whole pandemic. Somebody was just posting that today about how it was like, I don't know, 80 or 90 bucks at the beginning of it. It hit a peak around $550 per share. And, and now it's settled around like 360 something. But if you got in early, like you, yeah. you know, quadrupled 5x your money between then and now, if you yeah. if you bought in some some Zoom stock. Crazy. Zoom is right? Relatively new, I think, too. I think it just, pop- yeah. I mean, for me, I just saw it pop up maybe last yeah. year. And so they came in at the right time. That's it's crazy sure. too because <laughs> Skype, Skype, you know Skype. It's so I, similar. Yeah, poor Skype. <laughs> poor Skype. Everyone like, forgot about Skype. Everybody forgot about Skype. I remember that was the way you communicate. I communicated <laughs> with my brother like on the other side of the world through Skype all the time. And now, yeah. like, it's I, maybe it was just the functionality, the user friendliness of of Zoom is just quicker and easier. I don't know what it is, but uh, everyone forgot. Skype's like the OG. Skype's been yeah. here. For- us and then we just abandoned it they're kind of like lime wire though you know they're they're Mm. gonna end up like that it'll be like napster (laughs) the skype story how skype fell off (laughs) man skype will still be with us forever i feel i think zoom one day will not be here but skype will still be there Okay, that that could be that could be yeah. it could st- still remain like I don't know yeah. like MySpace right like uh, yeah MSN weird. Messenger yes that was a classic <laughs> that was a classic right there but yeah we do we do got to give uh, you know I know it, social media is is a catch twenty two it sucks sometimes it's like it sucks a lot of time and energy out of us but it does give us a chance to connect with people and and um, reach you know millions of people at any moment in time and facebook has been great um especially through this this pandemic providing a lot of opportunities for musicians and stuff um which i want to get into in a bit about your involvement with um the socially distant fest because that was awesome everything that you were doing and promoting a ton of different artists and and creatives through that um but I, i wanted to touch on quick you had mentioned in these um zoom conversations that you have uh one of the ones that you had recently just last week was uh on the topic of defund the police and uh this is something that you know as soon as the kind of the thought and first people started talking about it I was I was intrigued I was just like oh okay like yeah (laughs) like like and especially once they started you know you start looking into the history of of police and like where they like where it came from and how it's Mm -hmm. like really military and um and you know I hate to say the word like dictatorship kind of vibe, but like, that's what it is. It's kind of like, we tell you what to do and you obey or else type thing. And, um, I mean, to a certain extent, yes, there's, it's super, super needed. Um, you know, police I think are essential to, to, to 
keeping some communities safe and and guarded in a sense and but there's a lot of times where they abuse their authority there's so many times and 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 countless um you know court cases and stuff where it's been proven that they've tampered with evidence that they've mm-hmm. you know killed somebody that they shouldn't have or or killed somebody and and tried to say that you know it wasn't murder when really it was just plain murder and and uh you know all sorts of different cases that have that have come up over the years and so i was i was right on board i was just like you know what yes defund the police like i just dropped uh a new song ball drop and and in the third verse like that's one of the things i said i was like make the ball drop i want to i want to defund the police but that doesn't mean that i have hate for all cops that was basic that was my line from it which was basically saying like I'm totally with this, like, yes, let's defund the police. But at the same time, I know that there's some good cops out there that, that aren't with the f- fuckery. They're not, they're not trying to, to screw with people and they're not, they're not there with bad intentions. They come into the force with really good intentions. I've, I've met cops that I have respect for that I feel like are good. And then I've met cops that I think are fucking assholes. And, you know, I've been through the court system myself. I, I was young and dumb and got caught up selling drugs and, and, you know, went to jail, spent my time in there and, you know, being in the system, dealing with cops is not, it's not a good it's not fun for anybody, but it's yeah. especially not fun, um, you know, for, for people who are minorities. And, um, you know, that's something that got, got really highlighted with, uh, with everything that happened this year. But what's your take kind of now that I've kind of rambled about, about <laughs> everything about <laughs> defund the police, what it means to me, but what, uh, what is kind of your take on it? And, um, you know, what do you think is the, the steps moving forward now what are some of the things that you feel like should be implemented and like you said um you know some some calls to action for 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 ourselves and for um you know community leaders yeah so defund the police is such a there's a lot to unpack with that statement um Mm -hmm. and when it first started being said You know, of course, a lot of people were very hesitant and very like, what do you mean defund the police? Right away, you think we're just getting completely rid of police. And it's going to the thing is, you know, not all black people, not all indigenous people. We don't all think the same. You know, who Mm -hmm. who would have thought that was a thing? Just like all white people don't think the same. Um, So when you talk to different racialized people, you're still going to get a different answer on what they would like to see. Um, I said it last night, you know, when it comes to RCMP, the RCMP were created to kill the Indian and put them into residential schools. You can look up those facts in history um, and why they were created. And there's been nothing that has really transformed over the years to make them safe for racialized and marginalized people. So um, to me, the RCMP could completely be abolished. That's all right. When it comes to city cops, and again, this will vary between um, different racialized uh, people, um, I feel there there's a small need for them in some situations. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like saying the whole, you know, not all cops. Um, because unfortunately, even bad or good cops, when if they're in the system, they are still upholding that. They're still upholding that system and the, you know, white And the system's yeah. fucked. Yeah. The system's, the system's fucked. fucked. So once you're and in it, you're a part of it. Yeah. You're part of it. And, you know, at, at the same time, you can see, you know, because I, 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 there's what? There's four police officers that I could actually trust. Now, have I been in a, in a situation where, 
they've had they those four have been present where they I've, I've had to be arrested or put in jail or something because maybe things would be completely different but i know you know i've had officers in my house for coffee i work with them to talk about these hate groups i work with them to try and figure out different policies how we're going to work uh work through all of uh, work through the system and make things better so um there there are some good ones out there and you know there are people who go into the force um wanting to make change thinking that if i can get in there maybe i can be the one to change it unfortunately totally. the system is so fucked that that one person cannot do everything and when we are going um when we're going up against you know calgary police service it's not just what they can do we have to go even higher above that to the police act and the police act is what keeps officers you know employed after misconduct or after they kill somebody it's what keeps them working in the office after they've been charged with assault you know mm -hmm. there's there's so many policies and rules and laws that are in there that go so far beyond just the 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 city or the province um so there's a lot of work to be done in there um mainly when it comes to defund the police it's taking because calgary police service has a budget of nearly 450 million dollars a year um and that budget is not broken down in the sense that um there it, it's not available to pu to the public to see what they spend this money on mm -hmm. um all mm -hmm. the all of the um, fundraisers and extra money they get throughout the year is not added on to the 450 million budget um and things are just signed off without even looking at it or um or breaking it down and seeing where we could save some money in the first place um and you know we have <sighs> systemic racism and you know violence against marginalized communities um stems down to so many things in terms of poverty and mental health um, that's, that's, that's where you see, you know, marginalized communities being beaten or going to jail for things they didn't do or going to ch jail for small, small acts and not getting the, not getting the help they, they, they should be receiving afterwards. It's very much all about punishment rather mm -hmm. than rehabilitation in a way. Um, yeah. that's why you have so many repeat offenders. You know, you go, you go to jail, you do your time, you come out what is there for you what you don't you now you have to try and get a job but you have this record now you have to you don't have family maybe your family and friends have all you know disowned you um you just go back into that cycle of what you were doing before and you just keep going back and back so it's trying to provide services and resources for people it's trying to provide mental health resources for people because there's you know a lot of indigenous folks right now um, there's a lot of intergenerational trauma that they deal with. There's a lot of uh, biases that they deal with. Um, you know, all of Canada, a lot of people were just realizing that residential schools just shut down in 1996. And in Indigenous people are sharing their stories, but because mm -hmm. they're stories you've never heard with from your family or within school, you know, it's really hard to believe how somebody can have it so bad and the shit that they've gone through it's really hard to believe it when you've never heard it in your life so yeah. you know all of canada look at indigenous people as drunk indians or that they're abusing the system they just get things handed to them not realizing everything else that is within that and why you know they're shutting down canada and shutting down pipelines or shutting down the railroads and there's reasons behind this it's not just to make people's lives inconvenient it's not mm -hmm. so to stop you from going to work, you know, it's because treaties and laws are being broken. Um, 
And, you know, so many of these people don't even have clean drinking water to begin with. So how inconvenient is it for you not being able to go to work while these guys can't even, you know, go to the sink and get a clean drink of water. It's just, there's so many things. It's just, it, it's such a, it's such a funnel and a deep dive into what racism and systemic racism go into. And I think that's why it's such a hard fight. And I think that's why, you know, we had the civil rights movement in the sixties and seventies. Um, and, you know, they removed segregation in a way it just transformed in different ways. Um, mm -hmm. that's still here. And then now we have this movement, which has become the largest civil rights movement in history. Um, and you know, it's been a year and so many of us are already just exhausted and tired because there's just so much to fight. And it's like, we've had these conversations before we've provided solutions, we've provided resources and everyone just keeps coming back. Like, I don't know what to do. What could we do? How do we fix this? And it's like, we've been telling you for years, like you have all of the resources and everything available to change those things. Now it's like action needs to be taken. Mm -hmm. It's no longer about talking. It's about action. Action needs to be done. So yeah, there's a lot going on, but defund the police basically is just taking some of that money and putting it into resources to better help racialized and marginalized communities so that they have a better chance um, at succeeding in life in some way, or at least just, you know, starting at the starting line with everybody else. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to unpack, for sure. Down, but yeah. It's a lot. No, it is. It is. And I mean, especially here in Canada, a lot of people want to want to go along with the story of like, oh, rac racism doesn't exist here. Like, oh, we're God. we're such a nice country. Everybody loves each other. And we say sorry a lot. And, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's yeah. like, yeah, uh, no, not not quite. I mean, especially with what happened to to the to the native the, the, to the people who actually lived here before yes. everybody else came like they they literally were just like okay here's a spot of land for you guys we're gonna stick you all over there and you know stay away you, yeah you, that you, was you, segregation yeah it, and and yeah. and like the the whole thing that happened with the with the residential schools and stuff and like you said that people are just finding out about this now the the whole movement around with the the orange shirt day um and just bringing more awareness to uh to to the whole situation about what happened because it's something that's forgotten almost or, or like they try they're trying to make us forget about it because it's not yeah, talked about in like, schools well, at all not, it's, it's not not, not we, we learn about the war of 1812 but we don't learn about the war yeah. of of uh you know our, what's happening to the people yeah. within our own country it's so it's so strange yeah and okay. it, and it's and it's continued genocide. It was genocide, and it's continued genocide. When we look at you know missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, that how how are the how are they not working on this? How have they not found mm -hmm. some of these girls? How have they not solved any of their cases? It's just completely swept under the rug. And the s statistics and the numbers are readily available for people, and it's just like nobody gives a shit. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. And there's still, you know, a, a, I'm part of so many groups and almost every day it's a missing woman, missing woman, missing woman. Half of the time, police won't even put a missing report, missing persons report out for them because they live a high risk lifestyle, whether you're addicted to drugs or if you're a sex worker or, you mm -hmm. know, any of these things that suddenly just make you not, it makes you less human and that we should not care. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really sad. A lot of things need to change around these biases and it is so bad in Alberta. 
We are literally little Texas here. Um, I cannot count the amount of times I've seen Trump flags and Confederate flags and it's mega hats. And it's just, it, it, I, it's, it's scary. And I think January is going to get really bad here. We're already seeing things accelerate and I don't even, I don't even know what to expect anymore. Every day is something new. Every it's, day gets weirder. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Some of yeah. the things I've seen, like the videos, the, 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 the worst, the worst ones that gets me is the guy who's just like, go back to where you came from. <laughs> and I'm like, look at him. Like, do I need wait to go back to Saskatchewan then? Is wait, that where so, I'm going? But where did you come from, bro? Like, what? I'm confused here. Like, are you saying that you've been tilling on this land for hundreds of years? And no, no, okay, bro. No, like, they look at it as a way, like, oh, we won the war, or there were treaties made, and they gave us this land. No, like, clearly, right there, it shows these people have not learned anything in history, even though history in our schools have not been taught properly, and mm -hmm. they have not bothered to even look these facts up for themselves and how these treaties were created, or what actually happened here and what continues to happen. So it's a whole bunch of misinformation campaigns and uneducated people and propaganda that is just, and you know, social media is both incredible, but it's also very harmful because it's really feeding into these these ideologies and you know uh it's it's really harmful so mm -hmm. ignorance um, is bliss and a lot of these people are are very ignorant in the fact that they're not willing to do the research like you said and if we're not being taught in our schools and we're not being educated properly then the only way for us to educate ourselves is to do the research ourselves yeah. and to go and watch documentaries or watch a, a youtube video or fucking god forsake have have a conversation with somebody <laughs> of you know a, a different race than you and different yeah. ideologies of you than you and somebody who you know looks at things a little bit different i think that's one of the the worst things and and which sucks a, a lot with you know everybody being separated now with this covid situation but like just being around people that think differently and yeah you know things that are, are different too you know there's this echo chamber that happens for all sides where you find things that align with your beliefs and your values and your views and mm -hmm. you just stick, with stick that. there yeah but you know there's a whole bunch of other stuff out here you're missing i try to read things from all over you know when QAnon mm -hmm. popped up i'm like i need to read about this and figure it out i need to see what they're reading i need to know why it's a thing you know you got to look at all angles of things to really understand it and make your own judgment on something rather than just somebody send you a video and it's like oh well that's the truth i don't need to see anything else because this aligns with what i've been saying so it's mm -hmm. the truth you know it's like read but also read things that don't always necessarily align with what you believe in too yeah and the way that social media works it's like they just keep feeding you shit that aligns with oh oh you like this oh we we'll give you some more of that shit you yeah, like more. that you oh here here's more of what you like here here let's spoon feed you that fucking shit and just yes. keep liking it keep liking it because we get uh, more views when you like what we give yeah. you <laughs> it's just oh, yeah wow. it keeps keeps people in those uh, uh in those boxes it's really uh it's really bad even ev everything like even when you're watching youtube videos when you watch one video it, this suggestion pops yeah. up 
to watch something else that's related to what you were just watching. And, and if you get into these certain kind of rabbit holes, it'll literally just stick you in that hole and you're not going to see both sides of the story. You're not going to see, um, you know, the, the differing opinions, which is, uh, which is bad because this world is nuanced. This world has, you know, so much, it's not always black and white. There's so much gray going on. There's so much where, you know, you just, you got to talk to people and have have that personal experience to really know what's going on inside the mind of somebody who's being affected by the stuff that you're talking about you know what i mean like especially people and and have some some sympathy and empathy for other human beings to hear them out to be like okay why why is like what 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 what's going on what what is what's what's what are you like the 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 root problem, the core of the hurt, the core of the pain. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about why it's happening, and 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 then try and heal that. Because until that gets healed, until the the root causes of all of the 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 pain that that people are feeling, um, you know, marginalized communities, minorities, people, um, you know, that have been pushed around, like until their pain gets acknowledged, and then a way to to like I, I don't know what it is how, how like how do you how do you even get to a place of forgiveness for all the stuff that's that's gone wrong like for for people who are native um in in Canada here how do they get to a point where they could even look at a police officer and be like you know what I could trust you you're an okay person yeah. because they've literally grown up their whole life hating cops and being like oh you're just coming here to fuck with me and you're yeah. coming here to 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 probably take me to jail for you know intoxication or, or or doing this or doing that and then you're gonna put drugs on me and say that i had this and you know what I, like this is just the way that i've been brought up to to think about you like how yeah. how do you how that's that's where i'm at like i know all this information's out there, but it's like, how do we really get to the root of the problem, which is the pain that was caused and, and find a way to have some forgiveness for that. And then, and then find a way to not do that shit again. You know yeah. what I mean? Not repeat history. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's the, the phrase truth and reconciliation. And, um, you know, I was asking some of my friends, uh, actually in a live not too long ago and like, you know, what are the steps actually towards truth and reconciliation? And everyone's uh, very focused on the reconciliation, which is amazing, but it's the truth part that is being completely left out. And that truth part is acknowledging what has happened to these people and, mm -hmm. and, and, and showing people what, what has happened. You know, there's still a lot of police officers, government officials, who was it, Aaron O'Toole even, you know, discrediting the experience of, um, of Indigenous people within residential schools, saying it was supposed to be a good thing, you know, there's so much truth not being told, and when it comes to healing those, those places, it's, uh, it's again, mental health, we need mm -hmm. those resources available, and sometimes they're available, but it's only available for a certain amount of people, and then it's only free for certain people, and it's only, you know, there's so many different lines and, and boundaries where you're not able to cross, and then it makes you completely um, ineligible. It's like when people think, you know, single moms, we get everything handed to us, and it's like, I didn't get anything handed to me. I worked three jobs, I busted my ass, and I did that. Um, mm -hmm. 
but it's those biases again. So it's, you know, making sure that education is taught within our schools at a young age. So we are always growing up with these stories and knowing um, it's making, it's changing the way we do deal with racialized individuals. So, you know, if, if there's somebody with having a, a mental health crisis in the street, instead of calling police, you call somebody who is better um, able to handle that situation. So somebody doesn't end up dead or they don't just end up in jail for 24 hours and back on the street doing it again. It's having some sort of resource available. Um, and, you know, yeah, when, when police show up somewhere, it's not like, you know, a lot of non-black, non-indigenous people where it's like, oh, the cops are here. I'm, I'm safe now. Safe. When Yay. cops show up, we're like, oh, hell no. Like, we run it. Yeah. We out. Yeah. <laughs> and Even it's if you didn't do anything done. wrong, you're like, yo, exactly. I'm fucking bouncing. They're going to no, fucking find something that I did even if I didn't do shit. They'll be like, yo, exactly. you looked at me wrong. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that can happen. We've seen it so many times. You know, a girl uh, just recently, it was something, again, that went viral and uh, you know, she was in handcuffs. She's tiny. She's with this cop who is at least a foot taller than her. And he just smashes her head first into the cement in the police station because, you know, he looked, she looked at him wrong or she was trying to squirm the wrong way. Like, it's just, it happens so quickly. And, um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of things that need to change within that, you know, to, to be able to heal that, you know, mm -hmm. there's not going to be, it's very easy for people to just say, you know, can we just forgive? And um, coming to that is, is a really hard space when people are not willing to acknowledge what has happened and acknowledge there's yeah. a problem and, can, you know, start making some sort of change within those systems. Otherwise, it, the, that forgiveness will not come and we're going to be bitter. You know, that's just mm -hmm. the reality of it. So it's hard too because there becomes this generational gap where people who are getting blamed for the problem or, you know, getting caught in a situation where they even feel like they're a part of the problem when, you know, it was a generation prior to them that was committing, you know, crazy atrocities. And mm -hmm. now they're, you know what I mean? Like for... And, yeah, like, I, I, that's something important to make note of because, you know, we don't want, we always say we don't want white people to feel guilty, but, you know, it, you would need to non-black and non-indigenous people it, it is it what is their responsibility right now is to get involved because non-black non-indigenous people are people who still benefit from that system and you know mm -hmm. without acknowledging it without doing something without showing up to a protest without signing the petitions without you know engaging with different groups and pages online and you know constantly educating yourself you are just allowing these things to continue to happen. Well, the rest of us uh, who it's happening to, we have to spend our entire lives out here fighting that system. And, you know, it's, it's just been ongoing, you know, our ancestors were doing this fight, you mm -hmm. know, and I don't want my kid to be out here having to do this fight. And I don't want my grandchildren to be out here doing this fight. I want us uh, together collectively to come together and, you know, end this now, or at least start making those steps towards changes so that in future generations have a better opportunity as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not, you know, it might not necessarily be this generation's fault of what has happened, but they definitely still benefit from that system. And without totally. taking action and doing something about it, you are still allowing it to happen. 
do you feel like this year with everything that's happened and with this growing movement and people starting to recognize and, and taking accountability for, for, you know, what, what they've done and, and the parts that they've played and the parts that, you know, people before them have played just the whole scope of it. Do you feel like this year has kind of, um, pushed, like gotten the world and people, humanity in a general sense in a better place and, and having a better understanding of, of kind of what's going on, like just with your conversations that you've had with people on the street and, you know, with politicians, with, with the law enforcement officers that you've spoke with, like, do you feel like there is a sense of we're getting somewhere here or does it feel like you're, you're just, you keep smashing against a brick wall. That's just like (laughs) fucking not wanting to move. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure it's a little bit of both. (laughs) A little bit of both, but I'm definitely smashing my head up against a wall more than not. Um, I, I always say, you know, I'm in this constant weird balance of like thinking we can talk it out and change policies and things will be fine. And the other side of me is like, no, we just got to burn it all the fuck down and start over. You know, there's no way we can transform this system so much to a point where things are going to be okay for everybody because Mm -hmm. so uh, these policies, these laws, everything are so ingrained and they've been here for so many years. Um, But you know, it's, there's definitely change that has happened. You know, there's a lot of little things that have changed here and there. The whole world um, was in unrest at one point and it still is now with all their individual things. You know, we have um, the Indian farmers who have been protesting for weeks and there are thousands of people out and even something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's still not enough attention on what's happening there. Um, but that's happening. There's still um, unrest happening in the States. There's still unrest happening in China. Like there's just things happening everywhere where people are really waking up and wanting to take action um, mm-hmm. towards injustices and, you know, standing up for human rights, which is amazing. And I think we're going in the right direction. Um, so we'll see what happens. Like 2021 is just going to be crazier than 2020. There's a lot of things that are going to happen. And I think next year is really going to determine Oh, what, how, how this is going to go. It's either going to get to a point where we can sit down and talk it out and change policies and racialized people will be at the table where decisions are being made, or it's going to get to a point where it's just a civil war and things won't change until people are, are dying and fighting for it. And mm-hmm. whatever happens, I'm here. For You're, both, ready. So. You're ready. You're like, let's go, baby. I'm here. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Well, I uh, I for one pray and uh, and really hope that it doesn't come to a point of of civil war where we're where we're fighting over this shit because I think a lot of it is just basic, very basic common sense stuff that yep. doesn't doesn't seem to need a lot of thought to yeah. figure it out. Just make the fucking decision and do it. Like even just yeah. bringing people to the table, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, to, to, to make decisions too, that, you know, when it comes to human rights or just decency or, you know, the idea of capitalism and all this, you know, we have people right here in Canada, we were, de- we were, um, foreseeing this for the U S and how they've dealt with the whole situation, uh, with the pandemic and, you know, helping their people, but we're seeing it here right in Canada where, you know, people in Ontario, there's hundreds of people being evicted now, finally, because things are being pushed through the court system. And they're not even, you know, getting a nice letter in the mail or talking with their landlord. They're literally having conferences over Zoom with the courts 
who then tell them, nope, sorry, you have, you know, a one week to get out or whatever. And there's like an actual problem where there are so many people ending up on the streets right now. And it's like little things like that, where it just makes you look at how our world has come to where, you know, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and we can't figure out a way to keep people in their houses after they've lost their jobs, after they have no resources, you know, it's just... It, it doesn't even come down to just racialized individuals. It, it, you know, eventually we look at it as, you know, nobody is safe from the system, not even non-black, non-indigenous people in some way it's going to mm-hmm. fuck you over. And, um, and I think that's why something it, this, this movement has been, been so big as well, because it's the first time we've had so many, you know, non-black, non-indigenous people standing up and marching too, because you realize like, something is not okay here there should in a country where we have more than enough money we should be able to provide basic necessities like food and water uh, and a roof over people's head we shouldn't have the homelessness issues like we have here especially in vancouver when you look at places like hastings street it's just things don't add up so i Mm -hmm. you know again we're gonna see how things go in 2021 i think and and what direction this is going to take because i think a lot of people are getting activated you know there's protests happening in ontario right now where people are like i don't want to lose my home like how do we fix this and um and it's a lot of white people that are marching and so when there's white people marching the government starts you know paying attention because it's like okay people are (laughs) starting to look we need to do something about this so it's interesting we'll see it's, yeah. it's it's crazy that you that you say that, but it's it's so true. It's it is yeah. what it is, and and the fact of the matter is, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are now, but a lot of governments and the House of Commons and all the people that are in those political positions of power, um, you know, they're mostly white people, and and in just now getting to a point where it's like some women in there, but before that it was just all old white men <laughs> like that's yeah. who who made all the decisions and and still d- do to the still yeah. you know and and until that changes I, like until the the policy makers become the people that need the policies to be made for they're not you know what i mean they're not i don't i don't i don't feel like there's really going to be much change so i think a lot yeah. of a lot of it has to do with you know getting those people in positions of power and in positions where they can make decisions and 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 do things because it seems like people have a little bit of power and they say it's like oh yeah people we've got power like the people power we gain together and, and we can we can do something and yes there is some some truth to that but it's like the people versus the government the government's always gonna win it seems like you know what i mean like they're fucking they're running shit like you're not you're you can try and stay open like that business in toronto buddy who who wanted to to stay open and and uh and the government was like no shut it down i was like eventually the government buddy didn't even have a business license so i don't know what he was doing out here trying to start (laughs) this anyway like if you had a business license okay at least i would entertain it but you didn't even have that so get out of here like yeah it's crazy it's crazy out here it's crazy but yeah i really hope next year um you know on the same tip we can really find a way to come together and 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 break the systems down that that have been kind of running things and and change them i know you you're saying you're just like they're so fucked there's no there's no altering them there's no changing them it's it's breakdown or or nothing i really hope that there's some way that we can you know start to see more people um you know get into those positions of power and, and be able to make change and, and, uh, and create policies and, and 
and set up things that that we can start helping people and helping people like you're saying on on Hastings streets in, in in Vancouver like that situations like that I don't think should be happening in Kelowna here it's a it's a big issue down on mm-hmm. on Leon Leon Ave is is the the street here where it's just like it's you know it's it's tense you know everywhere and they're starting to pop up all over the place a lot more and even like what you're saying and what's happening in Ontario and in Toronto and stuff with people losing their homes like it's uh it's bad it's bad out there so you know we got to be able to to help each other out if we can and uh and and spread some love where we can because there's no no one else is going to do it for us and we're we're finding yeah. that out especially with the like the way that the government has treated this situation like they've been there in a sense a little bit for you know here we'll, we'll help out with server we'll we'll help out in in this sense or, or that but like a lot of the times the money is going to the wrong hands and the people that really need it are still suffering so mm-hmm. um you know and that's that's just I, I, don't, I don't know if that'll ever change um and and maybe i'm like idealistic and thinking that the world needs to get to a place where we can help everybody because you know sometimes it's like i'm like how how you know what i mean like how are we ever gonna 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 solve the world's problems like there's so many fucking problems going on so many things going on so many issues that that and 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 it's like what can we spend our time on like you've spent an incredible amount of time and energy this year fighting for the causes that you have and and trying to be a voice and i'm sure it takes a toll you know on on yourself like just going all the time and like you said like feeling like you're bashing your head against a wall half the time because you're just like i don't know if they're ever gonna hear me but you still have that inclination that feeling to be like look i'm gonna be having to have this fight forever and (laughs) if i don't fight hard now the people like you're you're you know younger generations are gonna have to to do this double you know double the, the fight so you you gotta we we, we all got to do our part and, and chip in and and you know make make some sort of change and and do what we can so I, I commend you for you know going going against the grain and and going against some of these groups because it's uh it's 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 it takes courage and it takes a certain type of person to be able to um to just to go at it and and to do it um also with a with a, a good heart it seems because sometimes you you can take some of this shit and just you you laugh at it you know what i mean you're like, what you're, else you're not you you're not gonna combat that? you're not gonna combat with these people these idiots you're just gonna like just just laugh at it it's yeah it's like you can't you can't lose sleep over it right yeah yeah at some points it's just like what else do you do like you can only laugh because like you can only cry so much and it's like, Hey, what is this going to do? Like you just, it's, yeah, it's a lot. And I think not only with government officials, but you know, this group of people who just does not want to learn. There is no, like, I, that's where the wall is because there was a point in time where you would be able to have. And I think, you know, again, we're us, we're stuck at home. We don't get to see people as much. Um, there was a point in time where you could have a conversation with somebody and provide them with facts and numbers and talk about things. And there would be some sort of common ground at the end of that. Now it's very much like there's no, there's no way through this wall. There's no listening. They don't want to read anything. There's just like, it's just, this is the way it is and that's how it's going to go. And that's something that is incredibly harmful. And I don't know how we're going to get through that because there's a whole huge, number of people um i know at least in north america where you know is is making that progress harder um 
And when we have people like Trump or, you know, we have Kenny <laughs> here in Alberta, it allows these things to happen. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what's <laughs> I just laugh. There's so much to laugh at because sometimes it's just so ridiculous that it's like, I cannot believe this is real life right now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, is this happening? Yes, it is. OK. All right. <laughs> it's, right. Yeah. We're here every day. Every day you got to deal with it. Um, yeah. You met. You mentioned Trump, and you're saying in in one of the the meetings that you guys had, uh, you were talking about um, the U.S. influence on Canada, and like how how that kind of affected us. What like what in a sense do you think? Like as far as Trump, you know, being. Um, now not he's not the president anymore a new president oh, coming into play these people they still think he they, won. yes so. yeah of course he still thinks he won of course <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh what like um what what is what were you talking about as for in terms so, of like how how they affect us so we i mean i say canada and it, there these people are throughout canada but i'd say more alberta um alberta is a very conservative province um, it always has been. We've always relied on oil. It's very uh, based on economy over people. Um, mm -hmm. and, and people, you know, when we have oil booms and everyone's kind of doing all right, they think, you know, the government's doing that for them, not realizing that the government's just doing this to make them richer. You know, we're supposed to be this rich province, but it's never been rich for people. You know, trickle down economics that people always talk about it's not a thing growing up as somebody who was in poverty growing up um you know not having a lot and then becoming a single mom myself you know i never saw those trickle down economics for myself or any of the other people i knew who were also struggling that is not a thing um so when someone's making sixty thousand to one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year up in the oil rigs it doesn't mean the rest of us are doing okay mm -hmm. um and there's never going to be that oil boom again it's over here in alberta and i'm and Kenny is still trying to hang on to that and putting all of his eggs into that basket. And so there's a couple of things that happen here when, when it comes to, you know, Trump's ideologies or the U S ideologies, you know, people in Alberta are very patriotic, um, at least to Alberta, um, <laughs> and Canada. Um, but it, it comes down to, um, these old school beliefs um, and then and biases and then money and economics. So, you know, if you go against, I'm just seeing this. Okay. If you go against um, um, if you go against Kenny or conservatives or any of this, it's basically instead of, you know, you trying to, bring light to the practices and and how Alberta has been ran for so long, um, then you're automatically against the people and the and the and the success of people because they think without that conservative view, then nobody's making money, you know, mm -hmm. and when we see things happen, like when we had NDP in place, you see, and we see this in the States too, like when we look at the immigration cages that, that uh, Obama had put in place and then Trump just completely made it into whatever the hell it is now but you know things have happened over time and then you know we had ndp come in for a run and they had to take you know four years to fix all the shit that was done before them and then once kenny but it looks like they're not doing anything right because mm -hmm. they have to fix everything that has happened so then when we get kenny someone like kenny come in then he gets that tail end of like 
when things finally get okay. So then everyone thinks like, see, again, conservatives, they, they made it great. He made this great. But now it's just like completely crashing and falling. But people are still hanging on like there's going to be another boom. We're going to get some more money. <laughs> It'll be great. Um, the education here is is extremely lacking. Again, you know, throughout Canada, we don't get to learn a lot about, you know, the actual history of Black and Indigenous people uh, in Canada. But um, Alberta especially, um, he definitely was trying to um, put in certain things about the LGBTQ2 plus community as well. Um, and when you have politics that are just ran as racist and transphobic and um, everything else, all the isms, all the obics, it's just, it, it allows people to also think that way. So what we saw with Trump is that that's how he thought and allowed people the space to just really act out their beliefs and their thoughts and it be okay because if Trump is saying shit like this and Trump is doing things like this, who's your president, then it's okay for us to do that. You know, he literally told mm -hmm. Proud Boys to stand down or stand, stand by, whatever the fucking phrase is. And that's your president of the United States talking to Proud Boys. And now we see, I mean, Proud Boys were created in Canada um, and we are seeing a huge rise in people joining them. We see them out at all of the protests now, these anti-mask protests that are happening. All of that is very much inspired by what is happening in the US. Um, and at these anti-mask protests, we have Proud Boys fully out with their jackets on the streets in Calgary, along with other hate groups like Soldiers of Odin or Woke Ones or Canadian Infidels, Urban Infidels, all of these people just proudly out there with their vests and their patches. And these are known hate groups um, who are racist, are misogynistic, are Islamophobic. Um, they have been known to plan attacks. Um, they have sent me, even me, myself so many death threats this year you know death threats were like a regular occurrence for me for months from mm -hmm. people who are actually known members of hate groups and and these things are just being allowed and when we you can start to see that shift like if we look back a year ago and you saw proud boys gathering or grouping like that at city hall there would be a problem but it's come to a place where it's like this is just it's just normalized now and that's a huge issue um, and we have a whole group of people here who um are very much ready to burn i mean it's funny because we were called antifa all year and told that we're gonna burn shit down we've never rioted or burnt anything down um mm -hmm. we did see that out east when non-indigenous fishermen actually burned and looted um you know indigenous fisheries and they were completely quiet with it um but they are ready to burn and riot when, you know, Biden gets in office. And like, we're in Canada. I understand there's a lot of things that uh, we have ties with in the U.S., but like, I feel like I am in the U.S. I feel like I'm in <laughs> Mississippi. It is very, it's concerning. So um, it, it just gets odd to see what is what is normalized over time. And it's like, I'm, I'm scared to leave my house. I ain't going downtown on Saturday afternoon because I know there's going to be hundreds of these people out there. And, you know, after all my activism work this year, I'm very much, my face is known. My name mm -hmm. is known. People are actively looking for where I live. So like, it's just, it's a weird time. Um, but a lot of those things, a lot of these ideologies, like even QAnon, it's all stemmed from the U S and, 
Alberta is just so conservative that we just align so much with the U.S. just in ideal ideologies alone. So it's just, it's weird. The rest of Canada is looking at Alberta like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel yeah. that Alberta. Yeah, it seems like the it seems like the Texas of Canada for sure. It's like yes. the, the deep yes. south, like a hundred percent. It's so weird. I don't, I don't know what it is about. Well, I guess you kind of explained it. It just has to do with the with the oil economy and how they value the dollar over human, you know, existence and and human rights. And it's just a, a capitalistic economy that just is very. Uh, yeah, they just they're. They're they're not not the same views as as uh, yeah. as as many other parts of Canada. Um, what what is it like though? Getting death threats like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for you, I mean, your first one, you you're probably just like, what the fuck, and then you you get in a few, question. then you get a few more, and you're like, hey, wait a second, and then like like how do you even deal with that at the, like at this point like are you are you worried when you're walking around in the streets or are you you know taking extra precautions in in places that you that you travel to or um, well yeah you... I don't go I don't go anywhere alone and if I'm mm. at like an event or if we have to go to a protest we always we have our own security team now um, the few times I have gone out and I'm gonna be around a lot of people. I usually make sure don't come right home afterwards, you know, drive around the block, go somewhere else for a bit, then come yeah. home. Um, it's, it's, it's concerning, you know, when it, everyone got to see what happened in Red Deer on September 20th, um, you know, the story of my boyfriend being punched in the face was like national news. It was on newspapers everywhere. Um, and, you know, with that event, tell, tell, had, tell, tell the people who are listening, like what, what happened with that? Yeah. So, so we have been stalked um, all year at our, uh, at our protests. So um, when I started inclusive Canada, it was called RAR rural Alberta against racism. So I was born in Saskatoon, but I moved out to a small town of 400 when I was really young out here in Alberta. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I had experienced racism just so blatantly. Like I was called a nigger for the first time when I was 11 or 12. Um, and it just kind of kept going from there. And so when, you know, there started to be protests after the murder of George Floyd um, and things started happening here in Canada, I was like, okay, well, let's bring these conversations into rural communities because just like racism doesn't stop at the border it's not stopping at city limits and i know for a fact being a black woman who was living in these communities that racism is very real out here mm -hmm. um so we decided to bring them out to rural communities and that alone sparked a lot of problems because you're coming into and uh, you know i make it very clear that when we did protests in these areas where they weren't even protests. I did try not to call them that. I called them community discussions because we would find a park or a field and, and we would talk. bring a speaker yeah. and we would just talk and people from the community could come talk. There was no yelling, marching down the streets. There was no, not, it was just a community discussion. Um, but these, these towns did not like it. There was a few places where, you know, events had to be canceled because there were so many racists in the town. Um, mm -hmm. And then eventually, you know, we did end up going into these spaces. And so right there, we got pretty targeted off the bat. Um, people, you know, we don't have racism in our town. We don't have that here. Like, okay, well, I lived there. 
and there's racism there and you probably don't know it because you are a six-year-old white male whose generations who have lived here um, and had shit handed to you your whole life like it's just it's just this huge um, disconnect in experiences mm -hmm. and so all year we have been getting messages, death threats. Um, we've had threats to be ran over. We've had threats to be shot. Um, all of these things. We've been dealing with a certain core people, I guess. Um, and so one of the events we had was in Red Deer. And uh, leading up to that, uh, things started to accelerate more and people were um, getting ready to come crash this event. So we had people doing live videos, um, posting statuses saying, oh, Antifa is going to be in Red Deer on September 20th. And we need all the patriots out here to come stop it. We don't want them in our town. And, you know, they keep saying that we're just invading towns. It, most of the time, the people who help organize it are from these spaces. Mm -hmm. We're either asked by community members or we're asked by town hall, city, uh, city council, all of these people. So we don't just come in unannounced. Um, mm -hmm. And all of these other people who came to counter protest we're never from these spaces either. So this was all things that were online. There was live videos of these people saying they're coming to attack. They're coming to hurt us. We have, you know, have relationships with RCMP and police now because of this. So we send them all of the screenshots, all of the videos saying what's going to happen. Um, nobody took it seriously and then we showed up and within the first 10 minutes three people were hit in the face that were on with us on our side um and and our rcmp showed up they do nothing they allowed these people to stay and attack and scream at us for an hour like it was just a fucking gong show um and yeah these and it's just it's been like that all you we're still dealing with them we're still dealing with these people even after that they were trying to come and counter protest or attack our other events like it's just it's ongoing um and of course all of these people are now anti-maskers and they're marching with hate groups and they swear they're not racist but you know like they're it's just it's i it's just yeah y'all are racist at the end of the day y'all <laughs> you're coming to protest an anti-racism rally you racist. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. But so yeah, yeah, it was very it was very interesting. Very interesting time. Crazy. Crazy you gotta deal with that bullshit. And and your yeah. man too. That sucks. That sucks. That's yep, white dude in there just trying to do the right thing and he got hit right in the side of the face. So uh yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And I mean, of course, people, um, a lot of people saw that I was also charged with assault out of that, um, out of uh, a camera being tossed at someone's, at someone's arm. And that video is everywhere. You can easily go and see it. And um, just everything that has stemmed from that event and how it turned out, it, it shows systemic racism and the, the role of police and, um, and you know we'll definitely be taking a huge civil matter against this and we're still like i'll i'll be doing this court process for the next six months to a year and it's going to be really interesting how it all goes so um yeah it was definitely a, a key moment of the year <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it's crazy how long that court process takes too. all the all the paperwork, all the back and forth. You got to go in. They 
to go in for a court sessions where nothing any, ends up happening, things getting pushed yeah. back, commanded, this and that. They'll just fuck you around. Oh, the person, the, the other cop here, not here today. <laughs> just straight fuckery with that whole situation. That yeah. sucks that you guys got to deal with that. But again, I commend you for, for being on the front line and, and speaking up because if, you know, like you see, going into these rural communities, like what better place to go than the place where this this racism exists in the most vampant forms and where you personally experienced it as a youth growing up and seeing it firsthand like and and then hearing stories i'm sure growing up and being in and around calgary talking with friends and other people like you just you hear it like i've heard it even out here in bc i know um we're not any fucking better than you guys out there like at bc there's a lot of uh you know just racism in general um in in this province um partly because i think um the amount of people that represent um you know indigenous or um other other communities is is small like for some reason here in bc i forget i looked up the the number it was like three or five percent or something like that yeah it's just like like, percentage is very small of how many black and indigenous people people, there are yeah but then that's why it's so crazy when you look at the statistics of how many black and indigenous people are incarcerated or how many have experienced crazy crazy how many of them are living in poverty ridiculous yeah 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 unbelievable when you start looking at those stats just mind-boggling it's it uh it it makes me it makes me sad um but i mean hope you know hope is in me still i have hope i have hope for for this year and and you know participating in the rallies that happen here in in Kelowna and seeing you know everybody come together and just um you know hearing people hearing voices in the community talk about these situations and and um and and people just voicing their personal experiences just like you of like situations that have happened to them right up the street right you know right here right around the corner when people try and dis- discount that racism exists they're like yo it happened right here but just hearing those stories <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. hearing those stories and hearing people talk about it and then um you know there there there's there is a feeling of like when you start to get to a common ground with people and even if you're not participating in you know acts of racism you can hear those stories and be like fuck like you know it just be- you become more aware of it and then to this to the point where you're just like yo if i see that shit happening like that's mm-hmm. not happening you know what i mean like if i yeah. like that's not happening around me if i see somebody you know treating somebody differently or 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 calling them them names based on on their ethnicity like that's not happening it's just not yeah. you know what i mean you 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 become you you you, you want you you just you say no like i don't want to have because you hear people and how they are they're affected by the situations so you're just like i don't want I, I don't want that you know what i mean i don't want to make somebody feel like that why like and that why would you why would you why do you want to put somebody down like that it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me in my mind um you know and i just yeah but i do have hope i do have hope that the more that, that we talk about these things the more that the conversations happen the more that uh people are going to start making a difference and making a change people um like yourself contributing into communities and and just being a voice for the voiceless um you know it's it's going to start 
creating change and yeah i i can't i can't say thank you enough for for just doing what you do and and all the things that you do because you're wearing so many hats um i know we've been going hard on on this topic but i do want to jump into the the socially distant fest a little bit at least to talk yeah. about that because that's a, a massive movement that that happened and kind of stemmed out of this whole covid situation yeah. um uh to first off what is socially distant fest what um what is it about and how can people find out about it and get involved with it yeah so socially distant fest is an online uh it's on facebook it's a facebook group um and it's basically just a musician hub where you can just play live to thousands of people i think it's at 180,000 people now it's um, huge, huge. And it's huge and uh so a guy named Jacob created that. Oh my goodness. I don't even remember the date. I jumped in a month after it was created. Um, him and his wife were, and another man were kind of doing it. And then they were like, it was growing so quickly because it was at a time where when COVID had just hit, there was no live shows happening. The entertainment industry was hit incredibly hard and it's still mm-hmm. going to be the, the last one to really, you know, crawl out of the hole that has been created. Um, And people were looking for a way to still play live and connect with people. So I helped, uh, I hopped on and helped with that. And it's just an amazing space where musicians from literally around the world just play live for thousands of people. And, um, you know, you you could make tip options. So people were still making money. Um, Mm -hmm. There were some people who were making hundreds of dollars every time they play and you would, you know, consistency in anything is everything. So there were people who would come at the same day every week or at the same time every day and you start building a relationship with followers. You start having regulars, you start, we saw people doing collaborations you know you'd have somebody in the u.s starting doing uh collaborations with somebody in italy and making these really cool um crazy connections so that was a really neat thing i stopped doing that a few months ago because um there were so there's like 10 or 12 of us as mods um Mm -hmm. so it was it's completely volunteer based where um there's somebody always on because it goes 24 7 so um you would have to go in and approve posts and make sure nobody's shit talking on there you know out Mm -hmm. of 180,000 people it was still such a positive environment it was just like there was love and there was encouragement and it was just a really positive space um and that had to do a lot with the the moderators too for somebody always being there if you see Mm -hmm. somebody saying something wrong you boot them out and you just keep the space happy you just keep it good so everyone you know wants to come back yeah so um it's still going i still talk to them i'm still in all the group chats and i still keep connected to them i think they'll be family for uh forever now um but just like everything else i just did not have the time to do that you know every day you have a shift to show up and do it um you know it's three to five hour shift um and yeah i just there's no time for it anymore but i still am connected and i still I try to pop in there and see some of the sets. And um, from that alone, I met so many incredible musicians. Um, there's a, there's a harp player named Liz Vega. I forget where she's low. She's in the U S somewhere, but just like so much talent and you would never have seen mm-hmm. these people otherwise. Yeah. And it's just mind blowing that, you know, the, these incredible musicians are out there and not being recognized, not being seen. And, you know, again, that's something where, 
COVID has allowed people to get their stuff heard and get out there and meet people. And I hope when we're able to do shows again that, you know, there's organizers that go in there and find artists and fly them in and, you know, pay them to do shows mm -hmm. because there's some incredible people in there. Well, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing the one guy, um, he was, he said he got hit up by Weezer. What? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's flying. so cool. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah. a great, great fucking singer too. God damn. Great, great, great voice. Could play guitar like a motherfucker. Just put on his thing and just went, you know what I mean? Originals, did some covers and stuff too. But yeah, um, <clears throat> he got reached out to by Weezer and they flew him out there or whatever to work on some songs. So um, <clears throat> the biggest thing that I I find that I I see with it is like, yeah, a lot of talent, a lot of talent because there's so much talent um, in this industry, being a musician, seeing so many different creatives coming up. Um, there's people that were exponentially more talented than me when I started out and they're, 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 they're not doing anything now. Right. But they're still super talented, can sing better than me, could make a beat better than me, could fucking write raps better than me. But just, I worked my ass off to like, cause there's a lot of the business side of things that most artists and creatives don't want to do that. I was yeah. just like, okay, fuck, I got to do this shit. Okay. I'm going to do it. And then I just like really hoke it focused and honed in on the business side of things and figured that stuff out. And then I'm still able to make my music, um, you know, the way that I want to and, and do what I can. But I mean, for a lot of people, it's like they, they haven't been able to, to get that the, the business side of things right so yeah. it's like it's a it's a it's a create it's a struggle to 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 get into that space where you um can start making money off of and making a living off of what you're doing so you're stuck usually working another job or some other job yeah. to supplement that while you're trying to be a musician and, and follow your dreams but while during this pandemic it's like a lot of those people that are super fucking talented that are just chilling at home and they've got a nine to five job or whatever they're like all right fuck it honey turn on the camera and let me play the piano for a bit and then they're just like jesus christ this motherfucker's better than fucking like you know <laughs> ex artists like top top yeah. of the line top top people and they're just like unbelievably talented but they're just at home you know and they just they love music they practice it yeah. play it every now and then but it's not something they're really pursuing as a for for a career right and it's really yeah. shown a show a lot of, of talent that a lot of like a lot of people sitting in their homes that are just incredibly talented not just with music yes. but just creatives in general um i think yeah it's brought a lot of light to them but i i've had a great time watching um some of the videos on that on that facebook group and and did partake myself as well i, I did a yeah. did a set on there uh, I, i'm thinking about doing some more i definitely should because i mean the group's yeah. still growing and i feel like there's not as many people performing there now and with the second wave of lockdowns hitting january february is going to be a really hot month months yeah. for like people searching for things to entertain them online yeah. while they're going stir crazy inside their homes exactly. <laughs> and it's neat to see you know it's more of a it's another way to connect because you're seeing instead of going to a show where you're with a bunch of different people and you, there's still that disconnect from you and the artist you're literally sitting at your home and this artist is just sitting in their living room just playing the guitar just doing their thing it's very just authentic and wholesome mm -hmm. and it's really cute i know after lockdowns kind of you know started being lifted um and people were doing lives you know they would bring their phone to a to a venue while they're playing and it's like it just wasn't the same it was still good but it just wasn't the same so no there's something about just being with somebody authentically 
in their space, them just shooting the shit and still talking and interacting with the people watching. Um, there's something special with that. So yeah, it's huge. It's huge. I've been, I love it. I'm loving it. I'm embracing it all the way. Yeah. Like it's, it's created a whole new relationship with my fans, created a new relationship with my fans and my music. And they're like, their knowledge of my music like my set now is my set and now when I go and tour it like they know it so well they're just like they know all the words to all the songs because I've been doing it every week on these live shows that they've been coming to and like it's just it's it's such a cool um yeah experience and and I keep telling people like other musicians I'm trying to encourage more of my friends to get into this live space and I'm seeing a few other people starting to to get into it and doing it I even just I saw Styles P from LOX he's like a big rapper in New York doing a doing one on uh on uh, sessions live like just seeing other people jumping into this space and embracing the fact that like hey shows are not coming back tomorrow and they're not coming back maybe anytime soon and it's not going to come back the way that it was ever for a little while so embrace this new thing fans want it they want to interact with you and there's nothing better than having that one-on-one connection where you're literally like I'm looking at my phone, he's rapping and he's rapping right to me. It looks it, it looks like yeah. he's looking right at me. Like his eyes are right <laughs> fucking looking at me. He's looking at me right now. Oh shit, he just shouted me out. The motherfucker just shouted me out. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like and that's yeah. that's that's cool. So that that it really cool. uh yeah. And then these a... DJs hopped on it right away. DJs mm-hmm. right away. I remember when I went to go um get some new uh webcams because because i was also doing interviews with socially distant fest which was neat because i would get interviews with people around the world um but i went to go get uh, a new webcam and like those things were swiped up within the first month of lockdown djs out there they were hooking it up and like they figured it out right away um so it, it did suck because i didn't see a lot of bands anymore because it's much more difficult to try to yeah. get five people with different instruments and different things and different times. So I'm just, yeah, the, it's going to be interesting to see how things go moving forward, even with festivals, you know, like I know Shambhala is being really uh, hopeful and they're releasing like, Hey, we're going to be open in 2021. It's like, no, nah, you're, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. But even then, you know, if they are, and even 2022 when festivals can go back, there's no way it's going to be, you know, 17,000 people again. You probably got to go. Maybe they're going to have 6,000. Maybe you can only have a cer- certain amount of number in each space. It's just going to be very weird mm-hmm. moving forward. So I'm interested to see how that goes. And I hope um, it definitely has not been enough support for the music industry. And I hope that somehow changes or people get their heads out of their asses and start supporting arts more. Um, because I mean, another thing that has this lockdown has taught us is that we are creative beings and that, you know, art keeps us going. We, yeah. we listen to music, we watch shows, mm-hmm. yep. you know, we, all these things. So there's not enough appreciation, I think still for that entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see, interesting to see how it survives afterwards. And morphs. Yeah. Like you said, like just how bands like the, the need or want for bands or for a musician to be like, Hey, I want to get together with five guys and try and go live right now or get together with my buddies and do a thing. Like it's, it's a lot less. So that might literally morph the industry so that in a year two years from now, there's a lot less bands, a lot more solo acts and, you know, drummers become more scarce or 
bass oh players, God, they're, already like, they're already pretty scarce. <laughs> like trying to find a good bass player is nearly impossible, right? Like, um, so yeah, it's like people are more like, oh, I'm, I'm just good. I got to figure out a way to do this solo and 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 still do my thing, right? And that's that's really hard to do for for people who want to be in in bands. Like, yeah, it definitely will morph the industry. I think for sure it'll be uh, and for festivals, like, yeah. Wow, what Shambhala! <laughs> I, I was really looking forward to it. I was going to be on it this year for the first oh. time, and 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 because I moved out here and got linked up with the right people, and, yeah. and I was like, "Yes, we're going. Let's do it." And then it's no, not happening this year. I was like, well, yeah. "Maybe twenty twenty one. Maybe they'll get it yeah. going. I don't know what's going to happen with that. At yeah. this point, I think they're just going to be robbing people's money. But we'll see what happens. I don't yeah. know." I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see. I have we'll a see. feeling it's not going to happen this year, but I could be wrong. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. So yeah. I mean, this is this has been your year. You've been grinding. You've been doing this. You've been doing that. Wearing all these hats. Um. We talked a little bit in the beginning just about what the plans are for Bubble Bath Buffet, like moving forward. And uh, and you're saying, you know, you're going to get that going. What is kind of the next now now that this is where we're reaching New Year's is a couple days away from now. What are kind of the next steps for for Taylor McNally moving forward? What do you got planned and <laughs> and what uh, what can people expect to see from you in 2021? I don't even know. I don't know what to expect tomorrow. It's, it's hard to plan, right? <laughs> You're like, is tomorrow even going to be here? Is yeah? Is, is that when is that comes, a thing? Tomorrow's a thing. <laughs> a thing. Uh, when it comes to activism work, I think it, like every day is just changing. Uh, yeah. I have no idea what to expect for 2021. Um, in my personal stuff, I would love to really get the entertainment network up and going and being able to run in a way that it doesn't it doesn't have to take my time which mm -hmm. means building a team and getting all the right um shows and everything together and just having it run without me yeah. i love to spend some time doing that uh bubble bath buffet and um you know get our get our organization uh fully registered um get some government grants so we could help people more uh in the sense of you know i like we work with uh, Bear Clan here now where we were working with them for Christmas and I'd love to start doing more with them. And um, what Bear Clan does is they help to help, they help people directly. So a lot of the times with organizations, when somebody needs groceries or they need money for a bill or something, you have to jump through so many hoops to get it. And most of the time at the end of the day, they just say no to you anyway. So um, being able to help those people directly. So if there's a family is like, I need school supplies for my kid or I need shoes for my kid or I need new clothes for an interview or something that we can be able to just help them directly without them having to go to Salvation Army or the drop-in center or Value Village or something. Um, just being able to help those people directly. Um, we are in the works with something kind of really big. Not much I can say on it yet because we don't know what direction is going um, but it will be a collaboration of a lot of different organizations and something that affects um, can all of Canada and uh, Indigenous people. So we'll see where that goes. That'll be uh, years long of fighting. So next year will be just the baby steps of it. Um, we definitely, you know, Inclusive Canada um, works off of education. So always providing some sort of information, content, educational services, something uh, two of the ladies within um Inclusive Canada are teachers, one's in BC, one is here in Calgary. Um, so we have that. Um, and that's why education is so important. So just constantly trying to 
provide resources and sources for people um, racialized or not uh, or marginalized and just continuing trying to create equity for people. Mm-hmm. So that's that's about it. If I could pinpoint things on what's going to happen, nah, I ain't nah, got that. But nah. I'm just going to keep mission. working every day. Yeah, just yeah. the mission every day. Just keep working, chipping away. Focused on it. Well, good things happen to good people. I've, I strongly believe that. And I feel like you've been doing a lot of good work and there's nothing but good things coming your way, Taylor. So, um, so. yeah, <laughs> you're like, really, really? I don't know. It's like, really, yeah. where, where's the good coming? Where's the good wave? When's, when's the good wave coming? Come on. <laughs> I got enough death threats. Where's my like million dollar check threats? You know, hey, you know I what? will I pay you a million. <laughs> lot of nice messages of love too like that it all really balances out there's still been a lot of good things so you know death threats whatever it is what it is at this point it's just a normal thing now <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. an, all all in a day's work yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. Always good yeah. to connect. Um, sad that we don't get a chance to connect in person, but hopefully next time I get out there to your neck of the woods, uh, we'll be getting a chance to to sit down and, and, and catch up again. And yes, definitely get you back on here in the future to talk some more because I just, I love what you're doing. I love everything that you're about and I want to be able to uh, help out in any way that I can. So anything that you've got going on, anything that that you need help with, uh, I know it's hard because you're working on a million things at once to remind, to be like, oh yeah, I got to hit him up to to, to tell him, yo, but if there's anything you need, I'm always here um, and I'm I'm always paying attention to what you're doing and trying to to help promote it because I think it's, uh, it's much needed. Yes, thank you so much. And like, congratulations on everything you're doing, too. I'm excited to read this book. I have not read it yet, um, but I will be. And I think you're doing great, too. So I'm very grateful that we stayed connected and we had this conversation and I look forward to chatting again. Much respects, much love. And yes, please let me know what you think of that, uh, that book when you get a chance to dive in. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Much love. Have a great day. And uh, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk soon. All right. Okay. Bye. Take care. And that is the episode with Taylor McNally podcast episode number 10. Thank you so much for listening in. Um, check it out wherever you get your podcast at and tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in. The Robbie G podcast is going down randomly. It's just going to pop out whenever, but we're, we got, we got episodes coming. They're coming, baby. We got more. <laughs>